Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. And now, Professor LeVere, if you please, the overture. Liberty Square, I mean, maybe the most unloved land of them all, right? Poor old Liberty Square. And why, and why is that? Why do, we, why do we think that people don't... It's not, it's not really all that memorable. You know, it's, it's the, the Walt Disney World version of, of sort of, of New Orleans Square. Right. I mean, um, I think if you come from a Disneyland perspective, you're kind of like, why is this here instead of New Orleans Square? Yeah. And, and, that's, right. a, and that's a, a great question. Comparison. So why is it there? Well, I mean, I guess... At some level, the Imagineers at that point wanted the park to be a real tribute to Walt Disney. And one of the sort of ideas that never came to fruition in Disneyland was they had a thing called Liberty Street. They were going to build to the right of uh, Main Street, right behind the Opera House. That's right. And there was going to be Edison Square or something back there? There was also going to be an Edison Square, uh, yeah, that sort of celebrated electricity and progress. Yeah, Liberty Street, I think is what it was called, Mm -hmm. uh, was going to have... uh, so the little tiny street with uh, colonial-style buildings is going to have a diorama of the um, some paintings about the Declaration of Independence, I guess. And then the main attraction was the Hall of Presidents, which would have animatronics for for every uh, all, all all the American presidents. And so I think there was something in the Imagineers' heads that said, you know, Walt wanted to see this happen, and now we have a ton of money and technology to pull this off. So let's do the Hall of Presidents, and the Hall of Presidents need to sit needs to sit in something that is suitable for it. So I think that's how Liberty Square came about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because I mean, that was in a world where New Orleans Square also existed. Yes. Yes. But there were right, definitely- I mean, well, wait, hang on. When was Edison Square planned? Because, I mean, New Orleans Square didn't really happen until mid-60s or 60s? Yeah, late yeah, 60s, 60s, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, was Edison Square a thing before New Orleans Square? Or in Liberty Street and stuff? I think Edison Square was, well, okay, Liberty Street was sort of, I was just looking at Wikipedia, Wikipedia actually, and uh, it was going to originally open in 1959, they instead decided to open, do the sub-ride and the Matterhorn and the monorail and spend their money there. And after that, it just never got momentum again. It, it never became a, a real project after that. Right. Edison Square um, was sort of a parallel project they were pursuing that Walt was interested in building the Carousel of Progress, essentially. And that was going to be where that attraction lived. The way it played out is that he got to build that by way of the 1964 World's Fair in New York. And so that's kind of how he kind of got that, you know, demon exercised by building it that, that, you know, there. And then they brought it back to Tomorrowland instead of building an Edison Square. So Liberty Square in Walt Disney World ended up happening perhaps what we suspect because Liberty Street never happened in Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think there was a sense that the you know this is something really kind of ambitious and amazing. And I remember, and I'm old enough to have been at Disney World in the first years when it opened, and it was the marquee attraction there. I mean, that was the big thing, and lines for it were huge. Hall of Presidents? Yeah, Hall of Presidents. Yeah, that must have been the only attraction that was there. Well, there was that. That, that still is. There were two big, big attractions and that was the Hall of Presidents and Country Bear Jamboree. Hell Those yeah. Those crowds by far. 
Um, and so, yeah, it, it was a, it was a huge attraction at that point. People had a different mentality back then. Also, they were a little more gung ho in America than they are right now, and also more willing to kind of sit through something. People's attention spans were longer. Yeah. What are you trying to say? I'm saying we're a bunch of children now. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, so, wait, was the Haunted Mansion not built yet? It was, and certainly that was a big attraction, too. But it, it, uh, it, 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 people were sort of like, yeah, the Haunted Mansion, they have that in California. But these two things, Country Bear Jamboree and Hall of Presidents, are special to Florida. They're really new. And, the, and still it, are, actually. <laughs> right. And marketing, I think those were the two big things that got marketed, I think, by uh, the Disney World uh, folks. And it is yeah. also interesting the parallel between the Hall of Presidents and the American experience at Epcot. I always seemingly skip over America every time because it's not it's not as interesting to me as the other nearby pavilions. It's not, but the show is good. Yeah. Sure, sure. And I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know if I've ever actually seen it. It's but it's really good. I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. How is that Frank, look, don't worry about it. I'll <laughs> do it next time I go. Okay, just get off my back, man. Get off my back. If I'm not mistaken, that whole area, the American Adventure, is mostly one building, correct? Oh yeah, it's or, just exactly much. one building. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike unlike most other pavilions, that there is quite a bit to explore inside and in, or inside and out, where it looks like uh, at least like I mean, at least Norway is like yeah, it's kind of a village, or Italy yeah. is kind of like that, or you know whatever. But like. The American Adventure seems like, oh wow, it's just one big white building. Yeah. And it's it's I guess quite boring to look at. I mean, if it was themed in a way that Liberty Square was, where it looked like a little town, I think that could be really cute. Yeah. But it doesn't appeal to me at all because it's not really well themed. Yeah, I mean I, th- I think they're trying something different. They did they're they aren't trying to recreate anything. It's just it's more like a in a sense, it's more like a future world world pavilion themed to, you know, 18th century Boston, yeah. Uh, than a, a, a recreation of anything right. specific. That's true. Which is a shame because it doesn't really. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm going too far, and we're not talking about Liberty Square anymore. But I mean, it just doesn't seem like the American Adventure fits in with the other ones at all. It doesn't. It's it's totally th- it's totally thematically different. Like Greg I mean, especially because it's called something different. It already mm-hmm. is. It's already like calling itself out as being, "Hey, this is not America. This mm-hmm. is the American Adventure." What's really amazing is it. It's the centerpiece of World Showcase too. That's right. Yeah. It's right in the middle. That's right. <laughs> right well, where it should be. A sense but, that they needed to have something over there to a big show to get people over there. You know, to to draw you over in that direction. Yeah, I wonder if they were worried. At that when at, when it opened that that you know future world was going to like outstrip the demand which it probably did actually um, of world showcase and they had to put something in the middle a weenie like right in the middle to get people to go all the way in yeah I, I think that's very possible because that's really the only sh- the only like like e ticket show in world showcase is yeah. the American uh, experience you know like that right. it can and, be and, argued and, that all the pavilions are e tickets in and of themselves but that's the only show. You know, right, right, and that was no double other. 1982. I mean, there yeah. were even fewer things to do in World Showcase at that point. Yeah, because none of the other attractions that are in the pavilions actually can step up to that. They're all kind of, eh, they're okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're okay. They're right. just okay. But back to Liberty Square, I mean, there is the Hall of Presidents, which is unique. And, I mean, I surely love it because it's it's a pretty good display of animatronics. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty overwhelming when you see it for the first time because you're like whoa and you know of course they're all not 
the same animatronics and some are very limited and you know always the current president has the most ridiculous one yeah um but uh i i always find it fascinating and then i go back to i go back to disneyland and i do great moments with mr lincoln which is great um it's you know it's some there's some great moments in there but it's it's really slow yeah. And there's not much to it because it's just Lincoln. And most of it, to be honest, is the pre-show movie thing that's not even Lincoln. You know, it's not actually the animatronic. It's, the of, it's, the story, it's setting the stage for what the country was like when he came, you know, became president. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and then and so like then and then like, you know, maybe the last third of the whole thing you sitting in the seats is then Lincoln gets out of the chair and, you know, speaks for a little while. But. The Hall of Presidents is incredible because it goes around the whole room, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Big stage. Um, So should they keep Liberty Square? Is it worth – I mean, is it it worth the space it's taking? Well, I mean, mean, what what could they do in that space? I mean, is it either expanding – Pretend they build New Orleans Square. Not not on the table, uh, but just hypothetically. Is that that better? Oh, you mean if they were to replace it entirely with New Orleans Square? Yeah. Hmm. Does the mansion fit in then? Not really. Uh, uh, maybe you'd uh, either be all kind of off to the side, or you could retheme the exterior a bit uh, to uh, fit in with that. It's a that's a weird question. It is because Liberty Square is really big. Like I think, if memory serves, it's one of the larger lands at Disneyland, isn't it? Or at the Magic Kingdom, rather. It's like yeah, it's pretty big. It's pretty big, it's a big, yeah. Border between Frontierland and Liberty Square, but yeah, I would say, boy, I don't know. There's a lot of big lands. I guess it's, tomorrow they're all big. It's quite a bit bigger than New Orleans Square for like. Oh yes. yeah, it's New Orleans Square is very very small. Very small. New Orleans Square is shoehorned into a corner, basically. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because it's it positioned itself right between Adventureland and, and Fantasyland. That I don't. I mean, it would have to be an extension of Frontierland. It, I don't. I mean, because Fantasyland already has that back area. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if New Orleans fits there. Yeah, I as much as it, I would say it does not. Yeah, I mean, because I yeah. like where I like where Adventureland becomes New Orleans Square. I like that that segment right there. Well, yeah, where there's mean, like pirates right there, and you're like, yeah, all right, I'm on board. Yeah, it makes total um, sense because you have that sort of Mississippi River Delta and like all that stuff, like just segs right into the you know. The, the Mark Twain Huck Finn uh, right. universe and, and it just yeah, doesn't work other other w- beyond that yeah right. I don't know it's just it's it would weird me out I guess if if Liberty Square became New Orleans Square but I I've developed a recent fascination with Frontierland sort of things and I kind of wish that that experience was grander and I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I would like something more because it always seems like there's, there's a lot of buildings and little shops. But it's all, you know, you guys all know, it's all filled with the same junk that's in every other shop. Yeah, pretty it's much. Not, there's not like some unique experiences really to be had in Frontierland. I mean, they, you know, I guess they, wait, they closed Diamond Horseshoe, didn't they? Yeah, they did entirely. Well, I don't know. My cousin was just there, and I think she said. I me think a they opened it. Yeah. food, or you know, sort of yeah. like they do at. Uh, in Disneyland, but I don't think there's ever any show there. Right. Yeah, I was I was led to believe that I think that they closed it and they only open it seasonally when it's uh, when it's too crowded. They need the extra space. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I could be wrong. But I guess my point is, there's you know, there's Big Thunder Mountain, but it's it, but in in um, Magic Kingdom, it's so removed from most of uh, Frontierland. You know what I would do with Liberty Square is 
sort of take a page from the um, the Disney's America theme park and strengthen it. You know, so it's not just the Hall of Presidents, but it's more of a it's a I don't it's a little bit more educational almost where uh-huh. you go in there and there's there's a lot of things that are going on, you know, sort of those those sort of colonial uh, theme park things where you can watch people building like old desks and stuff, you know, yeah. that it make it a little bit more educational, a little more interesting. And I think it f- will feel a little better because right now you just go in and go out. You know, there's no there's no reason to hang around and just watch the day go by. Well, it will be interesting to to take that approach that you're talking about there. If they wanted to make the shops actually authentic to the period, yeah, but you'd want to do that is you, for example, make Main Street more authentic to its period and have the shops actually be real shops there. Like you know, they used to be. I, I agree with that anyway. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I think all of the shops but they, they like have that. a comparison between you know to, to have to draw the comparison there between. Main Street and Liberty Square, these are both, you know, at some level representations of what life was like in America at those times. I think that's actually what the original intent was, yeah. was to draw those contrasts. And that's yeah. probably been lost because they're both just big gift shops now. So yeah. let me, let me, um, let me clear things up. I mean, what's, so time period of Main Street USA is 1900? Yeah, turn of the century, between 1900 and 1915, probably, I would guess. Okay, and then what's what's the time period for Liberty Square about? Oh, uh, the 1776 to yeah. to the turn of the turn of the 19th century. So we got like a 100-year gap between those two things. Yeah. And then Frontierland? Frontierland is the is the probably 18 1860s through like early early 20th century. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting cuz Frontierland is closer to Liberty Square. I mean, in both proximity and uh, in time frame. Yes. But I guess that's why I think I, – I really feel like Frontierland needs a, a way more immersive experience to it. And I would really like to see – I mean, I'm just looking at the map right now because that's what I do when we do these podcasts. <laughs> and, I mean, if I'm looking over there, now that Fantasyland is expanding out you know, toward the north now – the the only thing is kind of in that area to the left of Fantasyland. You got Small World in the back, but in, on the back side of Hall of Presidents is Peter Pan's Flight and Philhar Magic. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I think both are great. And especially Peter Pan, I think is something that you can't quite remove. You might want to renovate, but mm-hmm. if they could move that somewhere, and then they could take over that entire show building, yeah. I feel like they could create a really fantastic like e-ticket sort of attraction that is on the same level as Haunted Mansion or Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's like that, but Frontierland. Totally. Well, that's, I would that, love that's, to see that. You, you know, just go described. Like a little, I want to go like on this dirt road and, you know, kind of at, at night and just kind of, I don't know, be on this weird wagon thing. I don't know. You've just Stop. described a Western River expedition, Louis. Right. I want that. <laughs> which is what, should, which, which absolutely would, would be awesome if they ever got around to building. Yeah, I want that there. That's a good, you know, the the backstory about that thing. I would love to know more about because you know I'm pretty familiar with it, but I don't exactly know sort of the the reason that it never got built. Um, because on paper it seems like such a great thing to build. Well, what, I, what I've heard is that people who came to Florida really wanted to see Pirates of the Caribbean because uh-huh. they had either experienced it or heard about it. Uh-huh. And it ultimately was just a ton cheaper to give people what they wanted and and copy the ride basically. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, by building something new, they were kind of risking, are people going to like this as much as Pirates of the Caribbean? Is it going to yeah. be as good? We Here, don't know. Here's a thought experiment about that. Had they built that, I don't know that it would have aged very well. Because at the I time, at the time, Disney had a very different sensibility about 
Native Americans and a lot of things that, that we have grown up about in the last four years. And they would have had to do a lot of renovations on it, I think. I agree. People's attitudes about you know Native Americans have changed wildly in the past 40 years. Yeah. And there's no way the representations they would use would have uh, held up. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, it, it, it was an amazing, audacious dark ride. It probably maybe the biggest they've ever dreamed up. You know, it was, all, it was definitely on par with Splash Mountain. Like, cause it, yeah. I recall yeah. it being really big and a, a, mostly a raft ride, right? Yeah, same sort of boats, I think, as Pirates of the Caribbean, I believe. And then the, Big Thunder Mountain was sort of intertwined with the concept as well. They were going to have a runaway mine train ride that was kind of in the same mountain as the Western River Expedition ride. Yeah. We should get Tony Baxter on the podcast. Ask him right, some questions. I'll, I'll get in touch. Just get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that Magic Kingdom is going to have two mine roller coasters now. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I feel like there's there is a, there's an area there, right, like that I said before, that they could stick a big honking attraction right in the middle of, of Frontierland and Fantasyland if they wanted to give up that space you know, from Fantasyland, they could do something pretty spectacular there. I don't mean necessarily a roller coaster, but, I mean, you could stick the Matterhorn right there. You could. Although the Matterhorn really should go into uh, World Showcase if they ever got around to yeah. building a, you know... Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the big audacious dark rides are not, is not something they've done in a long time. I know. Splash and Mountain I, was the last one, I think. I mean, count, not counting Tokyo Disney, seeing all the crazy shit they well, did over there. When you know? was, well, was it 82 that was the uh, Spaceship Earth? Yeah. Yep. The, I mean, would you not classify that? I would classify every single Absolutely. attraction in Future yeah. World as an audacious dark ride. Right. Every single one of them. So, right. I mean, that and Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain's technically one. You know, it's got yeah, a yeah, job yeah, at the totally. end, but it's, a, it's Well, okay, different. so I guess Indiana Jones and Tower of Terror are probably the best in that regard in terms of being... But, but they're, they're different. Yeah, kind of they're, they're more thrill except, rides. Yeah, yeah I'll, give you, I'll give you Indiana Jones. I think that Tower of Terror is a completely different thing. I agree. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really hard. I mean, dark ride, I mean, like, I, I kind of... Yeah, it's in the there's dark. part of it, but I think <laughs> a lot of it's a thrill ride, but I think it's a really... Really good dressed up dark ride thrill ride, yeah. but it's would, it's it's hard to classify. I couldn't classify it in the same thing as Haunted Mansion or Pirates of the Caribbean. I'd argue Florida's uh, Tower of Terror counts as a dark ride. I don't sure. think California's does. Sure, sure. I, I guess what I mean is I want to be in not a vertically ascending vehicle yeah. when I'm traveling. Well, here's what I would I want to be in a boat out of a Frontierland <laughs> dark ride is or a Liberty Square dark ride or whatever is. No supernatural elements. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that feels totally played out to me. I don't. I don't want to see any sort of gimmicks in that regard. I want to mm-hmm. see. I want to try and figure out a story that just plays it straight as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. And something. Okay, so here's about. a question about Liberty <laughs> Square. Um, so I think most people would probably say that it's not as compelling as New Orleans Square. Correct. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I I wonder why that is. I mean, well, that's I, what I'm I love... is there's a couple reasons why it could be, and one and one of them is just is it a less interesting era they're depicting, or I... two, did they just do a poor a poor design, you know, poor job designing it? Oh, uh, I th- I think that the opportunities for um, immersive story in New Orleans Square are far richer. You know, it's it's an it's a it's a location and an era and uh, contains enough supporting stuff that's so rich that 
it just feels better. Because, you know, with New Orleans, you've got voodoo and pirates and crazy trade stuff. And, like, it, it's much more adventurous than sort of colonial America was. Colonial yeah, America was very dirty and dangerous. So it's, I mean, like, I don't think that it's impossible to do something with that era. But New Orleans Square definitely seems more like a fun-loving kind of area. Yes, and it seemed, I mean, having not been to New Orleans, New Orleans Square in Disneyland is like my favorite area. Yeah. So I can't, I can't possibly think of how Liberty Square or anything of the sort could feel that fun as much as I would constantly feel like it was trying to educate me. Yeah, which is not bad. It's not bad, but I want it to also be fun. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, someone tweeted earlier today, which I quite liked, but someone said something along the lines of, learning is a lot more fun when you're not forced to do it. Definitely. And it's true. When you feel like you want to learn something, then it's a lot better. Yeah. But, you know, if I feel like when I walk into Liberty Square and I'm constantly being educated... That's not going to feel fun to me. Yeah. And I want, I, I'm okay with learning something, but I want it to be fun. Especially because there's a really, really fine balance between fun and kind of irritating when you're talking about sort of colonial recreation theme park things. Yes. You know, because when, when you're talking to someone who won't break character about anything and keeps going, what is that device in your hand there? Yes. You know, it's, right. it just gets annoying after a while yeah. and uncomfortable, you know. And so they, they'd have to figure out a way to balance that. I'm sure they're aware of that. It's, you know? tr- well, it's tricky because if you don't do it well, and it's very hard to do well, it turns into something on The Simpsons all of a sudden. Exactly. Right. Uh, totally. Weird it pain. becomes a joke. Yeah, I would sort of. I mean, I'd argue both things. That one, that the the material they're working with is inherently not as interesting as New Orleans. Just it's less romantic and less fascinating to most people, I think. Yeah. But the other thing is, I think they just actually did a relatively poor job designing it compared to what they did with New Orleans Square, which is kind of a masterpiece. I think they just did an incredible job packing a lot of amazing stuff in there. Mm-hmm. It's amazing well, how small it is and how many twists and turns you take. Whereas, actually, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that because it is so dense, it makes you feel like you are somewhere very, very special because there's so much to see just by turning your head without even moving. But if you're in Liberty Square, it's so big. Mm -hmm. There's so much walkway there. It's not very intimate, and I think that's part of it. And it absolutely has 0% mysterious. You know, nothing there is mysterious. And everything in New Orleans Square is a little bit mysterious. Everything it's very wide open too. The the big square there's a big open plaza in the middle. That's right. Um and it's just it just doesn't you 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 can only walk around in it. You can't walk through it, yes. you know? Right. Yeah. And maybe that's what maybe that's what I mean by that like big area where Peter Pan's flight and Phil Harmagic are. I mean, humor me for a second, but imagine they demolish that area entirely. And on either side of it, where there are now walkways, were all the buildings. And that instead of walking around Liberty Square, you would walk through Liberty Square from Fantasyland to Frontierland. Yeah. And they would just invert the entire thing. And they could even maybe, I don't know, even keep it indoors, technically. And then by walking through Liberty Square, you kind of enter like a, this, you know, afternoon, evening type of scenario, which would be really, really beautiful. Well, you do you do sort of walk through Liberty Square as you're coming from Fantasyland. You're just doing it over by. Yes, there is like a little, there's a little uh, overpass of a building kind of thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, so but it's but the problem back. is right there is that is immediately when you come out of that there's the haunted mansion and it's very distracting. 
It's a really interesting thing, <laughs> Liberty Square. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't want it changed, but I also, I, I feel like it, it could be strengthened, but it's something that won't happen, unfortunately, because the, way the ways you would need to strengthen it are ways that the Disney company doesn't seem to want to do, have any part of. The way, I agree. Like, for instance, the way Main Street should be better, clearly they don't want to do that. Yeah. And that's what Liberty Square needs. Do you, no. walk, do you walk from the hub directly into Liberty Square? It's been a you while. Do. You do. There's the, Frontierland is not on the hub in Disney World. Is right. So is the is there a Liberty Square sign at the hub? Yes, there is. Okay. There is. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it's sort of off to the side. It's not very grand or anything. Right, right, right. It's definitely there. You know, I was playing a lot of uh, Assassin's Creed Three last year, which takes place in sort of the same general time period as uh, Liberty Square, and. It is actually sort of authentic, like it's sort of dirty and all the buildings are cool, but they're, you know, they're, they're obviously sort of thrown together. And I'm wondering if, if something, if moving Liberty Square into a little bit more authentic and making it a little bit more adventurous would help it out a lot. Yeah, there must be some incredible stories from that period that you feel are getting sort of glossed over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of a very sanitized version of that. There should be a lot of, you know, intrigue and politics and spying and all sorts of things that could, could be, you know, portrayed there Yeah, that it's, aren't being portrayed. It's kind of like, uh, do you remember the Deadwood TV show on HBO? Yeah, I never saw it, but I remember it. It's very it's excellent, and it, it was it was in a very similar way. It you know portrayed sort of the American Old West in this way that we hadn't really seen before, where everything was just awful. Right. <laughs> and I'm not I'm certainly not advocating to to make Liberty Square dangerous and awful, but definitely that sort of period lends itself very well to almost a an, an adult's Tom Sawyer Islandish sort of thing, where you well, could have like. You know, this Paul Revere story where you learn about, you know, how, how the, the, the spying network of the Minutemen worked. And, like, there's a lot of really cool things that I agree. I mean, talk making, about. making things gritty, I think people are ready for that, and it's interesting. I mean, look at the, the uh, Asia and Africa in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. The, in, in one sense, you know, they're, they're dirty and old and cruddy looking, but they're actually beautiful. Absolutely. So I think you could take – you don't have to go that far, I think, but you can, you can do a more realistic portrayal of what that is representing, and I think people would actually find it a lot more interesting. 